Be strong and courageous. So you don't have to be an Old Testament scholar when you hear that phrase over and over again here throughout chapter 1. You see we've got a little bit of a theme here. We're going to be talking about that today. Courage is an interesting thing. I think some people are just sort of, by nature, just timid people, a little apprehensive. I think other people are just, by nature, bold kind of people. Um, I, I like to think that I'm a courageous person. I, I do things that maybe other people think are courageous. Uh, for example, preaching sermons. I, I don't mind public speaking at all. It's never bothered me. Some people are terrified by it. I was talking to some folks last week about preparing a sermon, and the person said, oh, I could never do that. I mean, that's just terrifying, and I think, what's the big deal? I mean, speaking in front of people, singing in front of people, who cares? Um, but just not a big deal to me. Um, other things, you know, heights. Um, I don't love heights, but I loved, when I was younger, I used to love jumping off of cliffs and train trestles, and anywhere you could jump off into water, I would do it. And, uh, and so recently, I've been back to some of these places where I used to jump off cliffs and things when I was a kid. There's a line between courage and stupid. <laughs> and, and I'm wondering which side of the line. I'm looking at some of these things. I'm like, I really? I... Anyway, maybe that's courageous. I don't know. Um, talking about faith. I've always, my, ever since I was young, I never minded talking about uh, issues of faith and conversation, my faith in Jesus. I was just, I, I love to talk about these things that never really scared me or intimidated me. So in some, some ways, I, I, maybe I'm a courageous person, but in other ways, I'm a complete coward. I really am. Um, I remember I was date, when I was dating Clancy, we were walking down a trail and we were holding hands, and a dog jumped out into the trail and barked at us. And I don't know what happened in that moment, but I, I went like this. <laughs> and I used her like a human shield in front of me and this vicious dog. Now, it turns out the dog was about this big. And she said, what are you doing? Like, I don't know. I just kind of jumped behind you. I, complete coward. Um, I also am a coward when it comes to conflict. I like to avoid conflict and difficult conversations. I'll avoid those things. That's my natural inclination. Now, I'm grateful to God that he's worked on my heart, and I've been more willing, really based on past mistakes and things I've done, but I've been more willing to have hard conversations and, and deal with that. But my natural incl inclination is cowardice with that. Um, Sometimes I, I don't want to try new things if, I'm a, if I don't think it'll be successful. I'm afraid of failure, and I become a coward, and I don't uh, take risks and try new things sometimes in life. So, um, yeah, so kind of, the, kind of a coward, I guess. J Joshua here is somebody who needed to be bold, and he needed to be strong and courageous. He needed this kind of encouragement as he's about to lead God's people into the promised land. And he had some really big shoes to fill. So you got to remember, Moses is the, you know, the servant of God, the prophet of God. He was this massive figure in, in the life of these people. And he was not a perfect man, and he made his mistakes, but he became just this hero of a leader. And the people really did, they really were devoted to his leadership. He stood between God and the people. He, he actually kept God from destroying the people, And as you read through his story. So just an amazing leader. And now he's dead. And there's this big river in the way, and here's Joshua, you know, who is he to lead these people? And so he really needs this. And um, again, following Moses, you know, Moses has died, but in chapter 1, 11 times they mention Moses' name. You know, God's promises to Moses, Moses the servant, you know, just like I promised Moses. We'll obey you because we obeyed Moses. And it was all Moses, Moses. Well, he's dead. 
He's a new leader. And following a successful leader can be very difficult. I've lived that in my life in some ways. I, uh, last week, Pastor Jack was here preaching. He served this church faithfully and fruitfully for 35 years. And then kind of stepping into leadership. And that's really intimidating. And I can, you know, fear. I can totally understand where fear just uh, creeps in. So we, we, we look at Joshua filling these big shoes and saying, yeah, this is a guy who's going to need um, courage and boldness in his life. And so we see here today there is kind of a, a recipe, kind of a formula for courage and for boldness. And maybe for you today, you're sitting here saying, you know what, maybe that's something I could use in my life. There's things that I face every day where I'm timid or things that I'm just petrified about or things that I just don't want to do that I feel maybe God's leading me in a certain way or putting me in a situation where I need some of this courage too. As we look at how Joshua is encouraged here, we're going to see that true courage does not come from within. That true courage is not something you muster up within yourself to live out. Courage comes from beyond yourself. Courage, in this sense, comes from God. And so um, it's not based on you or your performance or your past performance. It is, it's rooted in who God is, and, and that's um, what we want to look at today. So let's pray as we approach God's word. So Father, we do pray that your word would shape us. Lord, that your word would equip us to go out into our lives and, um, and to face the things that we are facing, the, the good things, the challenging things, all of that we will face, that we do so in faith, trusting you, and that, and that would be a transformative kind of faith, Lord. So we ask now that you would teach us and that you'd be glorified in this time, and we pray it all in the name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen. So the first part of, of this encouragement is about trusting the promise of God. So Joshua needs to trust the promise of God. Look at verse 3. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. And then verse 6. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Say, look, Joshua... You're going to do this because I've promised that it's going to happen. It's not about you and your leadership. It's about me and my promise, says God to Joshua. And it's a promise that he made hundreds of years before to a man named Abraham. So Abraham was a guy, and we don't know why God specifically chose Abraham, but he said, Abraham, God, God goes to this man, he said, I'm going to, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make your family into just a great nation, and you're going to be blessed, and you're going to be a blessing to the whole world. And I need you to leave your land, and you're going to go to a place that I show you. And Abraham leaves his land, and he goes into this Canaanite country, and God said, this land that you're standing on, this is going to be your land. And so God promised it to him, and then after Abraham, God promised Abraham's son Isaac, you're going to inherit that land. And he promised his son Jacob, you're going to inherit that land, your descendants. And, and so Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Jacob, all of Jacob's descendants, his, his sons, they were also reminded of the same promise. Now, Jacob and his sons end up living in Egypt. Long story short, they end up living in Egypt, and they become sort of a slave class of people in this country until the time of Moses. And then God calls Moses to go and bring them out of Egypt into this land that God had promised them. It's, God said, look, my promise is good. 
The situation is going to change. The generations are going to change. But my promise is true, and it's going to be fulfilled. And that's what we're going to see as, as we go through the book of Joshua. But we could look at the whole Bible. We could look at all of what God has done in history as a series of God's promises to people being fulfilled over and over again. And so here's a promise to Abraham. It's, the promise is still good to his descendants. His, his promise is good at the time of Moses and Joshua. And his promise is still good today. In the New Covenant, we call it the New Promise, the New Covenant. Uh, Galatians 3.29 says, If you belong to, to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed, heirs according to this promise. This promise to Abraham is still good for us. We as people of faith in Jesus Christ have been brought into this family, and then we are part of this blessing that God has promised. And it's, we're, we're just continuing to see God's promises fulfilled in our world. 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. When God makes promises, and we've seen it through history, and we see it in our lives, and it's good into the future, that it is yes. And we say amen, true, every time and that's where confidence and that's where courage is going to come from. Because people may fail, but God won't fail. Leaders may change. God will raise up another leader. The circumstances of your life, everything is changing all around you. But what doesn't change is God's promises are true and good and will be fulfilled. You can bank on that. We also have to remember what God has not promised us. God has not promised us that you will always be happy. God has not promised that you will always be healthy or that the road will be smooth and easy. God has not promised that you will always have material prosperity and wealth. God has not promised those things. Actually, Jesus very specifically told his followers that we should expect persecution, that we should expect spiritual attacks, that we might be hated by people, that we are going to face troubles of various kinds. Now, for these people in Joshua's day, the promise to them was land. You're going to live in a specific piece of land. The promises that we receive are, are oftentimes much less material. They're spiritual promises. The, the promise of a, a clean conscience and forgiveness of sins and, 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 and spiritual power and God's presence. And the promise of, of, yes, land, the ultimate promised land, the new heavens and the new earth where we will live forever, the promise of eternal life. These are beautiful and even greater promises than just land. But God's promises to us are just as good. So what do we do when God makes a promise? We just trust him. And here, God says, do you trust me, Joshua? Because if you do, just obey what I'm saying. Here's my word. Don't turn to the right. Don't turn to the left. Just obey what I said, and you're going to see my promise fulfilled. Look at verse 8. God says, keep this book of the law always on your lips, Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. So look, if you're going to trust my promise, just live this out. And we, have this, we have God's word as well. God's word to us. We have the Bible and we, we keep it on our lips so we read it and we speak it. And we do meditate on God's word. Consider his promises and all that he's given us. And not just to know it more, not just to understand it, but to help it shape our decisions. To actually do it. 
to live it out. And that's how we trust the promise of God, by obeying his word and by following him, because he will never fail. So the first part is trusting the promise of God. The, the second part of gaining this courage and boldness is being encouraged by the presence of God. So look at verse 9 here. It says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Joshua, you need to be brave. But here's how you're going to be brave. I am with you. This is the same God giving the same promise to Joshua that he gave to Moses. Remember, not that long ago, we were looking at the calling of Moses when God said, hey, Moses, you're going to go and you're going to be this great deliverer. You're going to go to Pharaoh of Egypt and you're going you're to get my people and you're going to take them out of there. And, and Moses says to God in Exodus 3, he said, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? You know, who am I? What if the people don't believe me? What if this doesn't work? What if, what if they reject me? And God says in Exodus 3.12, I will be with you. He's saying the same thing to Moses, to Joshua. And God says the same thing to us. Whatever I call you to do, you're never alone. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. This is the same God and the same promise to his people. We're, later in our service, we're going to sing a song called Same God. Maybe you've heard it before. And we're going we're gonna to hear this song but it's really, this is the same God doing the same thing in our lives as he did even then. God's presence with his people. And just like you could look at all of Scripture as a series of God fulfilling his promises, you could look at all of Scripture as just different ways that God has been present with his people. Right from creation, you have God in the garden with Adam and Eve and perfect, walking with them and in fellowship with them. It was only their rebellion, it was their sin that pushed, God's, you know, pushed them out of God's presence. And then we have a God who's seeking after them throughout the Old Testament where God is reaching out and revealing himself to his people to be present, promising to be present with them. And then we get to the time of Jesus. And when Jesus is born, they say, he is going to be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. God is now fully with us on this earth in Jesus Christ. And when Jesus was leaving the earth, he said, he said I'm still with you always to the end of the age. You're going to receive the gift of my Holy Spirit so that I am with you. And then at the end of the age, as we read in the book of Revelation, the, the predominant thing that we see at the end of Scripture is the presence of God. You don't need a temple because God's there. You don't need light because God is there. You, there there's, no more, uh, there's no more death because God is there. It's all about the presence of God. God, his heart to be present with his people. And when we remember that God is with us and will not leave us, then we can live out the things in our life, even the things that would cause us to be afraid or the things that we lack boldness in. For example, and I love this, in Hebrews chapter 13, there's a great example of this. Let me just share two verses here. So Hebrews 13.5 says, Keep your lives from the love of money and be content with what you have, because God has said, Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Again, that same language. So we say with confidence, The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Quoting from Psalm 118. But the point here is, it's a very practical issue said, to keep yourself from being obsessed about money and wealth. And we, maybe that's something you struggle with where you feel like, oh, I don't have enough, or that we get this kind of scarcity mindset. If we can remember that God has said, I will not leave you, 
I will not forsake you. We can put aside that fear and have some contentment and, and have confidence. Yeah, and, and yeah, maybe I don't have much, but I am confident that what I do have, God is going to be with me. It's a very practical application of this. And for any area of your life where you are afraid or you feel there's a lack, you just remember, God is with me. God's Spirit will give us that courage and that boldness to, to enter into things. One of my favorite verses in all of Scripture is 2 Timothy 1.7. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and love and self-discipline. Or the, the other translation, God has not given us a spirit of timidity. I don't use that word ever, timidity. But I get it, timid, I'm all timid. A spirit that makes us timid. But a spirit of power and love and self-discipline that we can... Tr- the, the God's spirit is not a spirit that makes you afraid. It makes you bold. And again, when we see that, we say, okay, so courage isn't something deep within myself. It's not that God just chooses people who have the power of positive thinking or can muster these things up. No, it's a gift of God's spirit to you that you can have courage and that he can make you bold. That's a gift of God. So there's nothing more essential for us as God's people than to hear, to hear it, in, in the midst of all the changing things in your life, of all the things that might be chaotic, the things that may be troubling to you, whatever you face, that God is with you. Joshua needed that reminder, and we need that reminder just as much today. And so I repeat it to you because God keeps repeating it to us. I will be with you. I will not forsake you. And if I could remind you of one thing whenever we gather every week, it's just that, that God is with you here and you're going to leave these doors, and God will be with you as you go to whatever you face. And we are encouraged by the presence of God. So it's trusting God's promise. It's being encouraged by his presence. And the third piece of this is that we do it in unity with the people of God. Look at verses 16 through 18. Look at the the unity of the people here. So the people say, then they said, they answered Joshua, wherever you, uh, whatever you have commanded us to do, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go, just as we fully obeyed Moses, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord, your God, be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your word and does not obey it, whatever you may command them, will be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. I mean, they are fully unified and committed fully to one another and to Joshua and his leadership. You just see the unity of the people and how powerful that is. And what a great lesson for us that we are called to be a people who are unified, who are walking this life of faith together, never alone. We are called to be a people. God has created us to be a spiritual family. 1 Peter 2.9, and this is using Exodus language here when Peter writes this. He says, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Again, we just sang that, right? My testimony is from death to life. It's from darkness into God's light. It says, once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. The point here is that every single one of us has realized that we need God, that we need his mercy to forgive us, to, to bring us back to himself. And, and we experience that, but we, when we experience his mercy, we become a family. 
we become a people. And then we have each other. That's God's design. And, and so many times in our world, people see themselves on their own kind of spiritual quest, their own spiritual journey. Everybody's trying to find their own path. And we see time and again that God's design for this world is that people of faith are on a journey together as a family. And we get all of these, and you just read through your New Testament and just look for these phrases where all these one another things that we're supposed to do uh, with one another and for one another. And if you read through your New Testament, there's like 59 of them. And actually, you don't need to read your New Testament. I'll just give them to you right now. That God has called us to love one another, to be devoted to one another, to honor one another above yourselves, to live in harmony with one another, to build one another up, to be like-minded towards one another, to teach and admonish one another, to accept one another, to greet one another, to care for one another, to serve one another, to bear one another's burdens, to forgive one another, to be patient with one another, to be kind and compassionate to one another, to speak to one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, to submit to one another, to look to the interests of one another, to bear with one another, to comfort one another, to encourage one another, to exhort one another, to spur one another on toward love and good deeds, to offer hospitality to one another, to clothe yourselves with compassion towards one another, to confess your sins to one another, to pray for one another. You get the point? This is the life that God has called us to together. And we get to live it out together. That's why when we do things as a church, we do them together. We serve and help one another. When we serve our community outside the walls of the church, we do that together. There's opportunities. God calls us to scatter into our individual places. Maybe your place of work or your home or your neighborhood. And you live out your faith there. But we always get back together. We gather in small groups to pray for one another, to carry each other's burdens, to serve one another. This is the way of life that God has designed. You, you want to have courage and boldness in your faith? Just remember, we are a big family. And God has called us to live this out, to be strong and courageous, and we do it together with one another. Joshua needs this message. And now Joshua, strong and courageous, is, is going to be the leader who leads God's people into this promised land. And we're going to look at that, uh, kind of how that unfolded over the next few weeks here. But tomorrow, this time tomorrow, you're going to be wherever you are. And there's going to be those things in your life that make you afraid. There are things that you're just really dreading having to face or to do. And yet you feel God might have just put you in that place or is leading you in that place. And you don't just have to dig deep within yourself. We follow our leader, not Joshua. We follow a greater Joshua, Jesus. Actually, Joshua and Jesus is the same name. We follow Jesus, the, the greatest leader who won the ultimate victory, the ultimate battle over even death itself by his resurrection. And we follow him into wherever he's leading us. We trust his promises. We're encouraged by his presence, and we do it together as God's people. Let us pray. Father, I just thank you that, you've, that your promises are always good, that you've never failed. And, and remind us of that when we need to hear it, Lord. 
Lord, whenever we feel alone or afraid, remind us that you are with us, that you never leave us, you never forsake us. Lord, thank you for the, the, those who have come alongside to journey with us, to walk together as a family through whatever we face, Lord. You've not promised that it will be easy. You, will not, you have not promised that it will be uh, simple. But you promise that it will be good because you're accomplishing your good purposes in us, your people. Give us strength. Give us courage. We thank you for the very presence of your Holy Spirit. We praise you for it. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen.